0: Yo, how are you doing folks? Welcome to episode 136. I didn't do the weird hand thing because I don't have enough digits to do six on and that just looks awkward and, and, and weird and I'd probably end up slapping everything off my desk. I was gonna say like I did last week, but you guys don't know that yet because I've recorded these out of sync. So yeah, that's me postulating on the future. Ooh. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's... Probably going to be Valentine's Day by the time you get this. I hope you uh, have someone near and dear. I hope you are experiencing love in some way in your life. That doesn't necessarily need to be romantic. You can find love and appreciation in the beauty of the natural world. And yeah, go out and enjoy yourselves. And I'm going to reiterate again this week for the last damn time. It is a leap year this le- year. 29th of February is a day you wouldn't ordinarily get. Go out and do something special with it, folks. At least for one day. Live your life to the best. I imagine I'm saying that to a lot of people who are like, i oh, you dick, I'm I'm a fucking work. You can go go do something afterwards. You know, the days are long. You're not working for 24 hours. That's probably my privilege speaking there. But hey, hey ho. Anyway, let's jump over straight to introducing today's guest because I know you're excited. I know you're happy to see them back in the chair so soon as I am. Uh, Yeah, I was expecting it to be 2026, I think, before we were going to have this conversation. So I'm very glad to be... uh, Having been in his kitchen again last week and had a bit of a catch-up and a bit of a celebration. And yeah, he's now in the hot seat for this week. And they are today's guest, who is a cannabis advocate and activist, who is the founder and owner of the infamous Liverpudlian coffee shop slash club consumption space, The Chillin' Rooms. They are Gary Yowds. How are you doing, brother?
1: Living a high life now.
0: You are indeed, brother. You are indeed. It's so good to see you sat in your kitchen, in your chair, with your joint just that that quintessential Gary pause, joint hand, and just thinking, how do we take over the world? It's great to see, brother. Great to see.
1: Great to uh, read your articles you wrote on me. I've been catching up reading the articles, and I'm very uh, honoured that you're getting the story out there about the history and all that.
0: I appreciate, appreciate. Yeah, it was a shame. I, I got actually um my because we were contacting while you were inside. My email prison account got suspended. Uh, because I tried to send you uh photos of the magazine when I'd, I'd written an article in Weed World. Um and yeah, it came back saying this is basically contraband and that they'd, they'd, they'd locked out my account. <laughs> so I'm glad yeah. you've had the opportunity to uh to yeah, look look through some of them.
1: Yeah, there was lots of um, people wrote me letters and they uh, sent me books and that, and I got them when I was coming home, or like it was in my um return file. Mm. And yeah. Uh, so i was limited to all the and um, what was out there and all i it. i was kept away from everything
0: yeah it's it's a horrible thing as we were sort of talking the, the the preamble there as you were saying like having to to readjust it's not like you've got the same technology the same sort of access uh inside the world, time moves differently um and obviously for people that don't know you, you're sitting here today recording this within, what, a week of being out? So I imagine you're still very much readjusting to the the pace of your own, you know, the beat of your own drum, as it were.
1: Yeah, it's made me more determined as um, being inside, seeing like how much taxpayers' money is wasted. Mm. and um, So I can a bit different perspective on a on, um, proceedings type of thing, mm-hmm. where I can bring about change for all the people who are in there. Most of them are just um, non-violent drug offenders. who are spending years and years behind the door and it's um, made to stand up for everybody. Mm-hmm. Hopefully give all these people jobs in the industry, what we can set up you know, so they're not left behind because Millions have got criminal records because of the cannabis use. Yeah. They put on some type of list where you can't do this job and you can't do that job and you can't get this insurance and this drug test says you can't do this. But if you're honourable and you've got morals and you're prepared to do a day's work, I mean, what the industry, what we're setting up, it will be welcome and beneficial to you to come in with your ways and your community, like, feel good, soul life.
0: Mm. Don't bring us all together. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I I guess it is quite palpable and really quite uh more obvious than ever. To is obviously we we talked when I came to visit a few times about sort of the state of what was going on inside. That as you say, the majority of these people were locked up for non-violent drug offences. Yet there's a lot of drugs in prison. (laughs) It just doesn't quite make sense. And as you say, it's costing tens of thousands of pounds a year. To lock these people up and, as you say, they're not then contributing to society through tax, through working, that they could be if our industry, predominantly cannabis, I mean, I would advocate for other drugs, but that's a different conversation, was allowed to flourish. As you say, as you've always kind of advocated, it's the, the bedroom growers and the hobbyists. These are the ones that should be leading the march here because they're the ones that have kept... Um, you know, the market afloat during the darkest days of prohibition. Yeah, we've had the big growers and various gangs and whatever at different levels, but the majority of people are still just smoking good quality home grow and They should be honoured for that and given that opportunity. And there is no difference, as you say, between the people locked up with their drug conviction and the person outside that doesn't have one. It's society's perception of going there bad because they were criminalised, but they were criminalised because the laws are wrong, not because what they did was necessarily wrong.
1: Yeah, there needs to be a um, community payback, but paid back by the alcohol industry and the pharmaceutical industry. who have been mm. fencing people and putting people in, in their box and say, drink this and take that. And then uh, people want to go more organic now. And, like, yeah. We've seen the, uh, the legal cannabis industry, what they've been about since, what, 2018? And there's 30,000 people with a prescription, but there's two and a half million We've actually use cannabis. Mm-hmm. So we wanna work with all these two and a half million and give them a bit of um, equity and a bit of um no space so like they can grow their own and mm-hmm. like then come to our club and you know like watch the musicians or share the wares or bring their edibles or you know they can be part of the, the community
2: mm-hmm.
1: we've been setting up so it's a it's a whole new way of life and a whole new way of existence. It's like a, um, it's a lifestyle,
2: mm-hmm.
1: what we've created. And um, it's it's community orientated, and it's about giving back. So like most of the profits, will go back to the, what the community needs, so we can literally grow the communities. All of us and we can all plug into it, which through the app, what we can um download and like the technologies in place. So we need to meet, meet the politicians and um, be a voice of reason what people can generally you know, like, listen to and then plant their seeds. Mm. So they're all part of it and you've got as much medicine as they need. What's grown with love and um, you know, like grown with care And like, Mm -hmm. so we'd know it'd be organic feeds and and cured, right. And where my expertise comes into it, I've been grown for 20 years, over 25 years. So I could show everyone my techniques and we could all be up to scratch. Mm -hmm. Um, the homegrown mark, which, which are four plants or something, what Germany's doing now. But we've also got Malta as well, haven't we? And... I all say, the countries, what are, what are um, leaving us behind, type of thing? But we're not getting left behind because we've got my 20 years um, work and plan, which was involved the community. What all yeah. these other countries are striving for now, we've actually been doing that, which was the homegrown model. And you know, so it's not tourism based, it's the community based. So, like, mm-hmm. the community can come together in the clubs. Yeah, so it's... it's like it's uh, very local. Mm. So if you can have your club and you can plug into the technology, you can license your growers. You can um, see who grew the flower and it will be tested, and then we can all grow from there. Mm. I feel like everything's in place for for like chilling rooms as model to, you know, just let it shoots and um, develop.
0: Mm, yeah, let it set down roots, so to speak, as it were.
1: Got the roof all in place
0: now. Mm. Yes, yeah, so, and it yeah. is
1: community based. That's what mm. we're uh, very proud of. We've never uh, um never moved off that like um, path of righteousness.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think no one can doubt your your conviction. Literally, your conviction. Speak to your conviction, as it were, to to borrow a pun, I suppose. There. Um Yeah, it's the thing that is. I think a great frustration. Um, Or one of the great frustrations to yourself and to many others uh, that have known your story and watching the space is the hypocrisy by which you are so heavily targeted and vilified for a model and a system that you have been, as you say, adapting and adopting for two decades, when people all over the country are now starting to get away with opening up different premises, different things. Granted, most of these are under the auspice of or understood to be medicinal spaces, um, but yeah, the, that hypocrisy is, is really a mark of shame on, I would say, the, the city of Liverpool, that rather than, as you say, celebrating community, local culture and giving people an opportunity by being so heavy handed with its prohibition of the chilling rooms and its uh, policing of you and your activities, it's denied that community the opportunity to, like you say, organically, naturally evolve as it has, as you kind of molded it into in the chilling rooms with the, uh, the music with the the layout, you know, with the all of the little intricacies that went into creating that that social space. And I think now more than ever, you deserve the opportunity to to open that and to have that. If others can do the same, then it should be allowed for yourself. You know, I, I can't see any other reason why you shouldn't be
1: that same um, get the licenses in
0: place what we need then get us all
1: um, so we can just go and open the chilling rooms ready to go I mean, open
0: in 48 hours I mean yeah the structure of the chilling rooms could open the problem is as you say is the, is the licensing the, the licensing is the biggest impediment uh, and as previous guests can attest to um, point people towards obviously Kevin Jones recent episode which I think will be last week's in the order I'm recording this um, and we're talking about GW and the, the our belief that there's been a 30-year conspiracy with the home office to basically create a monopoly so there's only one player in town as it were they've obviously in the past few years uh, allowed other licenses to come come onto uh, operation and for their products to be distributed but that takes an incredible amount of money and they are incredibly bureaucratic systems of production you know they are greenhouses that are guarded they've got surveillance security they've then got to be up to x code they've then got to be up to eu gmp etc and i think that looking at the state of play it's like chilling rooms is almost phase six and they're on like phase 1.5 i think that's the way that they see it and so they're allowing like vape spaces and like bring your own prescription spaces and that kind of thing at the minute um but yeah they're they're really limiting on kind of kind of what what can be done there i mean obviously you you're, you're a week out of being incarcerated i'm not asking like what well, what's your plans with xyz here i'm just sort of uh i guess postulating on kind of what is what is happening around the uk so i suppose you do have quite a lot of options in terms of the chilling room could become i guess quite like uh a prescription consumption space like a, in a sign-up space and work with sort of clinics and providers like in, in that sort of sense but you, you bring up Germany I think Malta is a, is a much better version in terms of their social clubs and they're not medical they're recreational whereas Germany's is three plants per household per year so you couldn't do like three plants then another plant you couldn't have three plants and then some cuttings it's a very hyper restrictive model and for most of the people i speak to in germany it's falling apart along and and as fast as the german coalition government right now um but yeah malta is i would say it's still very restrictive but in terms of the conceptual idea like you say being able to grow and supply a central supply for the sort of longer term vision i as i have since i've known you gary i've agreed with you i think that is the best decentralized model it puts the most money in the most hands of the people that actually deserve it and what will we all do? We'll pay taxes. We won't need any special tax on us because our potholes will be filled. Post offices will be kept open. You know, the schools will be financed because all yes. the money will stay in the pots. It won't be yes. getting it'll siphoned be, off by gangsters.
1: It'll be used right for the, the, the like the, the community, all of it. That's mm-hmm. what my, my main ethos is, that it gives back. So the more the community grows and the more children grows and the more our genetics grow, the more the community feeds, and it just feeds itself, and it just it just brings good every single day. Know mm-hmm. so what we've been doing for twenty years, and it really is the the answer to people's problems now.
0: Which mm. it's, it's it's interesting. So, other than the like home growth supply uh aspect of it, you're starting to see through uh trial and error in other regions around the world, people coming to basically a very similar model which again, as you say, then speaks of the, I mean, you figured this out quite early on at a time when most of the world was still in prohibition. I'm thinking most of the world still is under prohibition, Um, but they've like had these huge commercial access points and, you know, companies worth billions and companies on the stock markets yet. There's still just small bits of home trade. Whereas again, what you're, you're on about here of legitimizing everyone's capability to just cultivate a crop, it's no different than if you and I had a load of land between us and we went, Oh, we're gonna we're gonna grow a shitload of corn. And then as long as we've got somewhere to sell the corn, we we can sell the corn. Yeah. Do but, you know what I mean? It's, that's what it should be, as simple as.
1: Yeah, the, the clientele will be will be plugging into you. Will we want to know what you've watered it with, what you fed it with, and mm-hmm. how long it was on for, and you know, they'll they'll actually because your reputation will go before you. Mm-hmm. And um, your your product will be on the market literally seconds
2: because
1: mm. we know how much you've got four times a year for which you're harvesting mm. so your, um, your medicine will be like you know, it'll, 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 your, your reputation will go before you so we'll, we'll make in the home growers you knowing the growers who are like specialists who get the mm-hmm. right flower out there and the right genetics and grow it to its ability and then um, everyone will be able to um, like rate rate the bud, and so like every piece of wood will be grown with love and cured yeah. cared for and manicured and you know handled with care so when you when a product reaches you you couldn't get better
0: mm-hmm. well, it, exactly that at the minute it's a, it's a race to kind of the bottom of margins and the most profitability while still having enough uh, to uh, you know make the money back from the product actually being just good enough Whereas as you say, this kind of decentralized model, the incentive is yes, you can make money, but it's it's also about rewarding the people that care the most. Yes. And the cannabis nerd growers that we love here on the fucking simple Life that really just spend a lifetime learning and delving into the plant and as you say, loving and caring for it in as an expression and extension of themselves, almost like an artist yeah. wants to share their work yeah. with the world.
1: Yeah. So it will be at the highest standards all the growers will be up to the highest standards. So you'll have maybe 200 growers for a go- growing for each club. So the more the community grows, the more the club will expand. And like it'll just be um, paying for all the all the things what the community needs. All, um, <clears> it'll be paid for all the councils, all the fire brigades. Maybe rebrand the police to peace officers.
0: <laughs> That's that, that, sure. that would be the fucking dear. That would be the fucking day. I mean, you raise a point, even if it was just as they've discovered in cities like Hartlepool, for example, if they back off policing cannabis, they save a shitload of money and all of a sudden they have loads of time and they can go and deal with actual crime. Granted, they're still, in my opinion, not dealing with actual crime, but they're at least not bothering the cannabis people. So it's slightly lesser of two evils, you know? But yeah, as you said, the amount of savings, because then when every penny that's being... Spent on cannabis in some form is taxed in the same way any other commodity would be taxed, just as a as a sale tax, as it were, um, VAT. That means that that's going back, like you said, into that system to to cover all of all of the needs. It's it's a no it's a no brainer. Uh, even just changing the law does that. Even before any models like your 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 uh the chilling rooms come on board, we start to see that cascade of savings, and then as you say, it leads towards this. Uh, gradual and ever lifting slope of profitability for the country because the money isn't being hoarded off by multi-billion dollar companies that are, you know based in Atlanta or whatever and and here and there and there and you yeah. know the money is actually no I'm smoking this where'd this come from Oh three streets away Yeah local yeah. weed for local people as it were
1: <laughs> Yeah yeah that that's the perfect uh, scenario mm.
0: Yeah I I agree in terms of like yeah carbon footprint of, of that weed. We'll whereas... turn
1: communities around. We really mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. Chilling Rooms can grow as a brand for the next 100 years. And everywhere it goes, it'll bring change. So I'd like to get the model. And you know, if we can't open Hope Road, up, which is the original Chilling Rooms, we can go to Malta or we can go to Germany with our genetics and our um, AI, which is ready to go, which is... a. Um, the
0: complete package, we'll call it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean again with like I think Germany is is not gonna work the way that it's being portrayed in the media or in certain parts of the media. There are some people actually doing some genuine, sincere reporting. Um most of that actually is German national local media. Um but yeah, in terms of space like Motley, we've seen uh I had on Uncle kush quite recently uh he's a podcaster from holland and we were talking about the plug and how obviously the plug have got a a couple of coffee shops now in amsterdam they've got a club out in uh, barcelona as well and yeah that may be then something to look at in terms of building the brand in another region as it were where it can operate yeah and then getting it to a certain level and then almost importing it back into the uk um We're seeing that with with quite a few different of the American brands that for all their inner, air quotes, legal jurisdiction, they can't open the consumption spaces that they want. So they're taking their capital that they've made in the States and going to Thailand or Barcelona or Amsterdam and opening a shop where they can have that social space, that cultural community space, because I think that's the most, one of the most, probably if I will say is the most important thing that you provided through the chilling rooms over the years was a space for others to not feel alone, it was a space for people to come together and nerdily sit and share their weed and go, oh, look what I've got, you got this, I've got this, oh, wow. And just, like, really talk in esoteric language about cannabis in a way that other people wouldn't, you know, and talk about culture in a way they wouldn't and see live entertainment and have, as you spoke of in the past, literally an experience every night. You know what I mean? It wasn't just kind of you pop in and it was almost like a, like a performance in a weird way, you know, like a show.
1: Yeah, it really was. It was an orchestra, and like I love being part of it. It really was like a congregation. You know, so like I felt like I was missing out if I wasn't, I wasn't being part of it. Because like the, I've never experienced the euphoric uh, atmosphere as I've experienced in there, especially when every single night got more busier and more people, and we always. Cater for everybody no one was left behind like everybody made new friends in there and you know just like families and three generations of families on numerous occasions where i'd speak with the son the granddad and the daddy was my age
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and then it was unbelievable
0: yeah man except a couple of undercover fuckers that we uh highly suspect snuck in over the years yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, everyone else is welcome.
1: Yeah, hopefully you've got um, footage of the undercover uh, operations No one they'll bring them out in, in the next few years when uh, the war ends. We can all watch them. Um, be a good watch, wouldn't it? Because you'd see the euphoric highs and just mm. the community. So like, I hope they are using them as training films in the future.
0: That so, that, that would be awesome. How
1: to create communities, let me mm-hmm. speak.
0: Yeah, I, that would be awesome. In my brain, I, I, I'm seeing more Afro man, uh, yeah. the American singer who got raided recently, and he used the cameras from his house to make a music video. And several of the police officers are suing him for damages to their reputation because there's videos of them like smashing his shit up and, and acting allegedly inappropriately. But yeah, that that would be good if it was literally like the raids of the chilling rooms and other establishments were part of the training to go. This guy, yeah. is, this is how we don't do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially when it's all more civilized now, isn't it? We can communicate by a Zoom meeting. Give someone an email, say you've got to attend this meeting at this time, and we can all agree on what we what needs to be done. And the communities are ravaged; they really are, and people are losing their jobs and businesses are shutting down and the high street looks like um, so now it looks like there's been a war there anyway with all the roller shutters everywhere and even like main shopping areas and city centres that i um, feeling the pinch now aren't they? so mm-hmm. you could operate in all these spaces and so now I suppose there's a space for 100 coffee shops in Liverpool city centre and there's one in all the suburbs which is the places where no one invests no more like you can be you you Kensington these are places what the drug war ravaged, but the city mm. centre's doing good now, so we could have maybe 30 or 40 coffee shops in the city centre, but then expand it to all the deprived areas, more like the ones that have, have suffered with the mm. neglect and the, you know, just the antisocial behaviour. We can uh, turn these areas around because the people from the local estate will be planting their little crop, and they'll be a um, taxpayer member of society now, and have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like the musicians are all come together and they'll be like playing the tunes on the stage and meeting new people and just seeing um, a future which is what we've experienced over the years but lots more people can experience it and then um, come and medicate with us and just um, feel our vibes, what we've created. Really. Mm-hmm. We'll have never been anywhere like it. promise you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. This yeah. will. Yeah. The future I is... Mean- Yeah, as as you say, man, like Barcelona is in the Barcelona City region is expected. I think the most recent estimate this I saw from official government figures was 450 plus. We usually say 500 clubs, but somewhere in that sort of region. I'm not saying Liverpool and Barcelona are comparative in sort of size. I can't do the layover of the Google map in my head when I've been like traveling around each city. But I think yeah, you could easily fit a couple of fucking hundred in Liverpool and most major cities because like you say it's think we need people to start thinking less of oh a dispensary and twenty thousand people go there and they make all this money. It's more what pubs were thirty years ago. And you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't walk more than two rows of houses without stumbling across somebody else's local. And that wasn't just a space where yeah, alcohol blights and it kills and it causes cancer and et cetera, but the culture that it creates when people are not too intoxicated, when they're in that sweet spot, is wonderful. Where people are open and loquacious and chatty, and they want to share with each other, they want to embrace each other, they want to hear about each other, they want to gossip, they want to play pool together, they want to eat together. they want, Do you know what I mean? They want to have their birthday parties there, their functions there. It's yeah. is got that is is gone, but that desire is still there. If we can just plug cannabis into that. I yeah. that's what I see is literally all of these old empty units that are getting made into singles housing, single housing occupancy, and multiple house homes of multiple occupancy. I think is the other expression, and they're just breaking them down in little tiny rooms and little tiny. And it's like, no, we need grand social spaces again. And cannabis, frankly, whether people want to accept it or not, obviously you lot out there, you're my audience. You're going to fucking accept this. Maybe if I clip this into a short, you people won't like this, and I'm going to get fucking disliked a lot. Um, but cannabis is the future. 100% is the future. The more it comes out now, it, alcohol is now classified as a carcinogen by the World Health Organization, whereas cannabis is now at least not considered the devil. It's on Cannabis is on the rise and alcohol is on the fall. And if you look at consumption rates, especially amongst the youth, like a third of them are t all. They don't drink alcohol. But a lot yeah. of them, like you say, want to open their mind, experiment, uh, socialize, connect with others using tools like cannabis. So it's, that's... Ever more yeah. the reason why we need spaces like the chilling rooms.
1: We need to put the high back on the high street and there's five thousand high streets and we can all do this together. We can you know, all open our spaces up and you know get all our communities and our family back to work, family businesses, community organizations, CICs, which is you know, so we make sure that we're just all the money's accounted for. So there's no like, there's no hidden agendas. There's no me, me, me. It's all about the community. We mm-hmm. can give back. And that's it. Uh, that's our ethos. And that's what, um... so like about my like, last 20 years' work, that's what it's all about. Mm.
0: I- exactly that. It's about. And I suppose you're. <sighs> you- the truth that you have ascertained from your experience becomes ever more potent the more you live it. What I mean by that is 20 years ago, you figured out that this was a way to revitalize the high streets. And then we think how far the high streets have fallen in 20 fucking years, how bad things have actually really got, how broken disparate and fractured our communities have become. And like you say yourself, you literally speak of, what the drug war does. And I always speak that I always respect the way that you phrase it of the harmed by the drug war, because you're putting the, the uh, responsibility onto the correct party. It's the police and the judges and the them motherfuckers that have caused the problems they've led to ever stronger drugs to ever more increased violence, to more villainy, more gang uh, interconnections and networks and county lines and all of these other things. They haven't arisen from drug culture They've arisen as a consequence of them targeting and destroying in the lives of people like yourself.
1: Yeah. Well, what I've seen when I was in the jail was the fentanyl, people spraying fentanyl on paper and mm. people going under on it all the time. And it, and it was uh, cold blues all the time. So that was in the prison population. So it's, it's um, the pre gablins as well. Mm. Petans, these are all like people who are highly addicted to them and, you know, using them for. You know? You've got a place in in the drug drug war, what, what's mm. happening now.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd say these people
1: the, the people who are just left in the system who are just um, you know living a existence in in jail behind the door 23 mm. hours a day. And just I don't know what, why it's there or why it's what it's happened, but things need to change. It really, the drug war is lost.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, it was um, North Wales, former police crime commissioner, Arfon Jones, got in trouble a few years ago, because he suggested, hey, what would happen if we uh, let prisoners vape cannabis as an experiment? And he got in loads of flack for it. But actually, when you if you actually understand cannabis, not from a bigoted, biased, like prohibitionist point of view, and you understand how it works, y- you can see the benefits that that could have in prison as I think I said to you last time I saw you in, um, in the, the open prison up near Blackpool, was you guys have got so much land and space and you're, you're allowed to garden and have this space. It's like, in my head, y- you all should be growing cannabis and consuming it as part of your rehabilitation, your therapy. You could even sell it in a little, like, you know, pr- pr- prisoner window thing uh, as part of the because far- there's a farm shop there. You could literally have then sold prisoner weed and the people from the local area could come and buy their cannabis. <laughs> From, from people, obviously, I, it's a bit fucked up in terms of the profiting of them people locked up. But what I mean is, there'd be a mechanism of then you know not putting people into that position. And then ideally, you'd have people that weren't locked up for cannabis cultivation, growing cannabis to be sold. It'd be people that weren't for drugs charges. Do you know what I
1: mean? It is a work in, work in jail. And um, all the lads, the 700 lads up there, and lots of them work in factories where they just repackage chicken, what's been imported. Mm. With different uh, packaging on it, but lots of them work in the gardens, and I was working in um, the tomato shed. But it was it was big business up there. You not know, like it was a um, commercial farm. Yeah, cows and um, bulls and pigs. We used to go for a nature walk up there and go to the farm. So it was it was it was nice. I mean, mm. as jails go, they've been running that jail for. 1936 I think so like you sort of leave the lads alone but uh, the drug of choice in Kirkham is is cannabis Mm. but there's no spice at all in Kirkham which is an open jail so what does that tell you about the drug war which is I mean Mm. there's 150 lads going outside the jail every day so whatever is wanted in the community is actually in there but the community, the real community didn't want spice, mm-hmm. but was in the cat CATSE establishments. So I never seen one incident of and um, people going under. Which um that site like, tells you that the community knows what it wants. But it did see lots of cannabis, but that like made the day better for lots of people and lots mm-hmm. of people in um, self-medicating with it. But there was a drug test done on our wing and then um, one of the lads who didn't smoke. Um, failed all the drug tests for opium and um, amphetamine but he'd been prescribed these by the doctor in, in Kirkham so it didn't matter but he was on mm. said to me the other one he was on more drugs than anybody <laughs>
2: yeah was but what,
1: like, you know, there was a moment he, he went up to healthcare and said he's not taking them no more mm.
0: it's yeah it's as we tried, obviously, with yourself to try and get you a prescription while you were in there, yeah. it's just something that's that's denied to them, and then the the pills that then become treatment, often for conditions exacerbated and worsened by them being incarcerated, worsens their health. But them same drugs are also, as you say, valuable to other prisoners. Like if you're prescribed for tramadol, yeah. uh, I don't know if the prescribe, don't think we prescribe benzos anymore, but any of those kind of class class of drugs they're more valuable often to a prisoner to trade with others yeah. than it is to continue their health. And yeah, that's what my point was about the cannabis of like, just even as it is an experiment of just one space and a bunch of them, because like you say, it was cannabis became the dominant drug because that's what people wanted. And the culture then reflected that, as you said, there was very little violence. You know, there was very little sort of... Ugh, detrimental trouble that was caused as a consequence of like money being owed of favors, you know, people aren't going to take up to the eyeballs with fucking weed in the same way that you might with a really strong opioid, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: And so, yeah, it's, it's emblematic that the harder the security prison, the worse the drugs are, the softer the prison, the softer the drugs are. Yeah. Like you said, it's, you can't put it any more black and white than that. The, Clearly, what
1: the community wants and what what the community gets. It mean, it just sorts of materializes, doesn't it? There'll mm. always be a black market. Mm-hmm. But the drug of choice was cannabis and um, Kirkham. But I was happy that I didn't see no um, cold blues with the fentanyl.
0: Yeah, like like you say, it's it's emblematic also of um the the environment in which you are in will drive the drug use. So if you're in horrible deprivation and you're locked up in a a cell 23 hours a day and there's violence and aggression all night, things are smashing around, you feel unsafe, you feel insecure. If you've got a history of drug use, even if you don't, you may likely want to have something that will help you escape that, that will numb you from it, that will put a barrier between you and all of the chaos around you. Whereas then when the environment calms down and you're less under threat, you're less likely to take those much stronger drugs. Again, another lesson that our politicians and prison system and any authoritative institution could do well to learn is that drug use, I would say, is completely natural to explore with drugs, um, whereas then drug abuse often comes as a consequence twinned with the one's environment.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. Um, all right. I think we've covered some pretty good bits there. I did want to um ask you sort of... you've got quite a unique story this is something we've we've discussed sort of privately uh prior but i was curious as to whether you'd had any thought of sort of penning a book uh putting something uh getting something put together that kind of tells your your narrative and your your story because it's been going on for a long time and it's got a lot of twists and turns a lot more than i think most people tend to realize
1: um i'd like you to write it for me sometime. (laughs) I was reading a piece you wrote for me. <laughs> You've looked into the history about the Norvine Shack, and you know, I was one of the graduates of that course. Mm. Chris Baldwin, and um, I know all the old timers, which is Alan Buffrey and Winston Matthews, I think you called them something else, but Winston, yeah. he was like part of the um, bong chuffer. Yeah, I think yeah. It was Chris Baldwin. So, Chris was um, on the course with me as well. So, I mean, Jeff Ditchfield as well. He's, he's not with us no more, is he? No, he I think,
0: on... yeah. Chris died as well. I think there's only... Winston's still going well. Uh, Alan's still going strong.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I got, got um postcards off Alan and a letter, and I got a letter off Winston as well. So oh, I was nice. really happy to hear off them when I was in jail. I wrote back to them both. Um, but, like, they're the... Uh, the, the, the OGs of mm. the industry, you know, so I still like look up to people like these, but they've always been aware of what I've been up to, you know. There's never been no secret, and I've always had their back, and so I was happy with that.
0: Um, nice. Well, I mean, that's definitely
1: the world's going more accepting, isn't it?
0: Like... Ever more, it would seem, but paradoxically, there seems to be this backlash against the people that actually moved it forward. I discussed this with a previous guest about Geordie and Mark Emery and kind of how they were instrumental in moving forward in the latter days of Canadian legalisation um, with everything that that, that happened there. Um, yet they were locked out of the industry in the space. They were sent as writers.
1: I think they worked that hard to the build-up. And then they were just burnt out after all the activism. And and no, there, was,
0: there. there was a case, they were convicted and they were banned from ever owning and making money, uh, from kind canna- of owning the cannabis licenses and making money from cannabis dispensaries. They were like really aggressively locked out of the industry. Right, so. so, yeah, it's, 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 it is like I said, the world is changing, but mm-hmm. I worry that they're trying to take our. Like shit, Run our culture, our history, and our experience through this filter so they can get this sticky distillate that they can then dilute and market it as if it's their the culture. Do you know what I mean? And it's you've seen it yourself. You'll have met these, these guys in suits, these motherfuckers that don't know shit. They know business because they're businessmen, but they don't know the culture. They don't know the plant. Yet they're telling us that we need them, but it's not. They need us. So There's
1: people in every community who can you know like stand up now and be counted and say like this is our way. Mm-hmm. We we know this is we, this works and we know what doesn't work and we know if we plant these seeds and this person grows this plant and before you know it the community will be growing and it'll it'll level up back and it's the change what we need right now, which will empower everybody.
0: Yeah, man, 100%, 100%. Yeah. So with that in mind then, yeah, let's, let's have some conversations. I'm, I'm quite happy to do some ghostwriting. I don't know what the other one is called, where you're named as a writer. Co- yeah. Co-authoring?
1: I, I would love you to do a simple, because you've been about me a long time now, and you know what our um, goals names are, but it's bigger than me now. The the, the model which is gonna we're going to roll out is everything for everybody, so... Hmm as I say, we've got the technology in place and we're going to see uh, Bob Marley as a hologram singing on children's Room's stage <laughs> in the distance future and we'll have the best unsigned music talent so it'll be like, an, uh, like a live version of uh, Britain's Got Talent but it'll be every Friday and Saturday you know, like you don't know who you're going to see or also mm-hmm. you know, like you'll be interactive but you'll be able to come to the Chilling Rooms as well maybe go into the uh, Cyberspace enough you know, so, like, we can have VR headsets so people can, you know. I don't know, it's all like new to me. I've been getting used to that the technology, but that sounds expanded on me. Future <laughs> <laughs> um, really is, I and mean, if um, everyone can, like, get on the same vibe and you know, connect with our vibes, and you know, we'll become like you know. You know
0: I think more, more than anything, you, your work proves um the the need for that ubiquitous decriminalization, that ubiquitous descheduling yeah. in or in order for chilling rooms to succeed and others to have the same opportunity to you know bring out their brands to try out their their wares, yeah. as it were, is is to is to change that law. So I agree now more than ever, it is a time where we desperately need some form of unification in the UK around an active goal that in my personal opinion isn't legalization because we've seen time and time again what that is who benefits from that and who continues to go to prison and actually yeah. statistically gets more aggressively targeted the closer you get to it if you look at california canada for example uh it's two very interesting ones to dig out the stats on um yeah so, so yeah as you said it's no more Should an individual like yourself or any individual be put in front of a judge, be thrown into a fucking cell when there are now people just running around with giant fucking glass vaporizers, vaping on trains and in restaurants and pubs and shit. If people can get away with doing that with that piece of paper of protection, then the hypocrisy needs drawn to the forefront. So that people like yourself, as you say, there has never been a violent incident or aggression or crime committed, other than obviously them criminalizing us for cannabis in the chilling rooms.
1: Ever in twenty years, it's mm-hmm. the most peaceful community or community orientated place you could ever be. I had people from all over the world and everything, single ethnicity and you know, gender. I mean, it was so inclusive, and um, I was just proud to be among all these community. You as well, Simp, you coming down to chill with me. I mean,
0: always, man, and no, always well.
1: nice. It was like you've experienced this, so you can, uh, you'll know what it's about. That's why we wanted it. Yeah.
0: yeah, man. We I, I, genetics. Yeah, we, as you said, I think. To kind of talk out, maybe even as a spoiler to people, um, that that book, I think it would be then good to add, as you say, the rest of your graduating class and the work of people like Colin Davies and and, and Jeff and others, and yeah. how, so people can understand how we got to where we are now. Because yeah. you you are the last on the battlefield at the front line of a war that most people have forgotten. They're off fighting other wars and other battles. And they've just they've they've given in, they've signed treaties to surrender territory to, to the, the prohibitionists, whereas you are steadfast with a fucking flag in the ground going, no, fuck you, free us.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand on tall. We've lost a few battles, but one day we'll win. And that's right. If you're not on our side, you're on the losing side. That's a definite. And mm. um, mm. Well, the, the, the places go more organic, and people are in, I say they're not drinking no more. The people under 20 none of them are drinking so it's like people are going to be like dinosaurs if they're actually going to pubs and you know going on pub crawls because
2: mm-hmm.
1: i don't know that's what the grandparents used to do and like people want like new interactive and um, community organic you know people are thinking about the health and going yeah. to the gym and you know just be more like give back and People, I'll, I'll have the new mercedes on a pathway it's about like how we can live a more sustainable life yeah man all joined together
0: yeah people people want to be about around people uh they, they don't want to be lost in the mire and the bullshit in the technology we spend all day with our fucking phones we want to at the end of it we want to sit together and yeah. roll a nice joint or whatever pack a bong yeah, yeah, yeah. but i agree to a, a certain extent about the, the pubs i mean my ideal would be the in the same way you don't have to have an, a tobacco license at a pub to smoke cigarettes when you drink alcohol that yeah. should just be the same that when weed is decriminalized you can smoke cannabis where there is alcohol yeah. and then that will revitalize all the pubs because i mean without yeah. na- without naming the pub in durham we used to have An alternative, quite, it was considered a goth bar uh, (laughs) because it was like all black and like metal and like um, alternative. And um, yeah, they allowed us to smoke weed out back for quite a few years. And we had a good little system set up and they would uh, twoggle the lights when the cops came in and people would make sure that they dropped anything. They might accidentally drop outside of the boundaries and then they shut it down. And within that year, there were several suicides across multiple age brackets from the communities that used to frequent that pub every day. So people would go down 12, 12 o'clock for an opening and sit in the beer garden, enjoy the sun, have a nice joint. They'd go in and spend money at the pub. They'd play on the pool table and the jukebox, constantly putting money into it. But then the city cracked down harder on it and it got, got lost. But I can see, like I said, you, you can have these bespoke places like the chilling rooms, but it people should also be able to just be who they are outside of the chilling rooms too.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: We're going to come into a new age where we're all going to get looked after. We're all going to be part of the community.
0: That's it, man. Grow for each other. Like yeah. we're, not, we're not growing to get bigger walls and you know more bathrooms in our mansions and like you say Mercedes. It's there's a point of comfortability that we can all reach yeah. and have of a quality of life. And then, yeah. as you say, all the rising tide lifts all ships. At that point, if everybody is benefiting from the system. And we're in a much better place. Whereas at the minute, it feels like we've got the worst of both worlds because we're paying for all of this cannabis. We have access to this cannabis, but they're making the money while then using that money to criminalize us. It's just so frustrating. (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking interesting. So uh, I suppose, as I alluded to at the start, um, I'm somewhat surprised, although greatly surprised in a good way that to be sat here talking with, you know, cause obviously you were sentenced to three years. Um, but they've basically put you through uh, one year. Obviously you started in cat C, which was uh, basically a high security, very not, not very nice prison uh, as we've sort of discussed. And then you were moved into the uh, open prison, which was obviously a much better experience. As you said, uh, very, very pro cannabis, at least on the prisoner side of things. Although I can't help but suspect i imagine the guards as well and know that and they're just like ah they're all high just leave them alone they're gonna cause us any trouble today do you know what i mean uh that, that kind of thing so you're now on tag for for six months is that what they've done
1: yeah i'm on tag for six months and i've got a report of probation every single week but i went to the other day to probation and um, they were quite nice with me didn't feel no mm. animosity and um, the, 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 i didn't mention cannabis on the um, probation officer was placed like, made a, 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 a statement to me type of thing that it was cannabis friendly mm. on my side so i thought that's nice
0: that's gonna say that guy might have had a prescription for all we know these days you know
1: and he must have knew he was coming to meet them wasn't he
0: mm. i mean yeah the, the look over your files but uh, it, yes
1: yeah, to work with these people because if you don't change nothing, nothing changes, and that was a mm-hmm. slogan I learnt on on the prison wall. So we're here to change things, and I like, hear uh, bring about harmony. That's what, uh, that's what I'm here to do now. I'm ready to go mm-hmm. to Exmoor, and you can, uh, you know what the history of the place is. You've already looked into it, us, so
2: mm-hmm. just
1: get these uh, things down on paper, and you can help me write the end of the booth because. We're really at the top of the mountain now, and we really are with all the, the models and the, the, the answers. The answers what we all we all need. You know, I've got yeah. solutions. So um, get the words out there. Let's inform everybody that uh, the tide's changed. I know I've said this before, and they put me in jail, but I'm hopefully going to be meeting some MPs in the next few weeks, mm-hmm. connecting with some other people, because... We've seen the legal cannabis industry after three uh, five years, they have got thirty thousand people. We're going to be working with the two and a half million who haven't got prescriptions, who can um, be mm-hmm. self-sufficient. And you know, we don't want no, not enough, no one really. We just want acceptance, and we'll license the growers and we'll put in um, safe spaces and also like um, an electricians checked your room type of thing. So we mm-hmm. like to on your room, so we will be registered with the app.
0: So everybody can just plug into it. Nice, nice. Uh I suppose let's do a couple of light hearted ones then, I guess. Um you, you said that obviously cannabis was a, a preferred drug of choice uh up in uh Blackpool. W- what was the weed like? What what sort of cultivars were you getting hold of?
1: <laughs> do you know what it was some of the finest bud, actually? But there was a lot of um resin up there as well. But it was all it was all quality. There was it was People were really fussy up there, you know, like, <laughs> if it was worth bringing in it, it had to be quality because they were all connoisseurs.
2: Mm.
1: And they were all like, yeah, just made them the best of a bad experience, you know, but we were all in jail, but it was really good.
2: Mm. I've
1: got some memorable friends and contacts all over the country now, so it wasn't a um, waste of time. Because nice. I've got contacts from Yorkshire to Bradford to Birmingham and everywhere in between and further afield. Even. And everybody connected with me. and uh, Everybody knew my story before he even got there, even the guards. So mm. uh, we've got like grassroots um, uh, history type of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, when I got there, it was... Was all good. One of the lads who who were new from the coffee shop brought me a big chunk. And I just felt like enlightened then when I when I got it, uh, organically inspired and like I thought you know like my visions come back and everything everything was much clearer and the grass was greener and you know everything was more interesting the more people I met and you know everyone wanted to hear the stories and you know I've just been a uh, I'm just spreading the words and planting our seeds everywhere so there's a lot more people who actually uh, know about our, our vision out there for real life because we've had no communication with the internet so mm-hmm. we with like real words and meeting real people but all the people I've met are cool people, they can all have a second chance as well, we are all like prisoners mm-hmm. we are in the system but most of them don't need to be there. we can think of a different way. So we don't need more jails, we don't need more prisons and we can maybe empty the jails and you know, use them for asylum seekers maybe. You no, know, like you were, that jail in, in, in Wrexham holds two thousand three hundred people. It's like three big blocks with over seven hundred people on each block.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd advocate destroying the fucking prisons before locking up asylum seekers in an actual prison. I mean, yeah. yeah turn them all I get what into, you're saying, though. Turn
1: them all into grow rooms, even. That's uh,
0: that's that's, uh, that's yeah. the fucking one. If they say, oh, this weed's got to be secure. Yeah, yeah literally, because the cells are a good standard yeah. size. Standard person, little grow room, rents yeah. a
1: cell. Yeah, they've all got water as well in there, so it could be converted to a little grow room, so everybody could have maybe plug into <laughs> their grow room in a cell <laughs> in After the future. That-
0: I think, uh, did idea. one of Bob Marley's kids, did Damien Marley not do this in California? I don't
1: know,
0: but we put the visions out there. Maybe they can come to fruition. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Damien Marley. Um, uh, talking about a cultivation facility owned and operated by companies involved with Ocean Grow Extracts situated in, oh, I can't pronounce that, Coalinga? Bolinga, california Grow up is located at a former abandoned prison so that's again like that it's uh, a company in america as well uh and i can't think of the name i was just about to say an anecdote there and it's just all jumped out of my head yes yeah, so screw that next <laughs> um yeah it, it, as you say the there's so much fucking potential already. We don't need these multi-million pound greenhouses. We don't need these huge international conglomerates with guys on salaries of 250, 30,0 000 being flown around on private jets. It's cannabis is already here. No matter how hard they come at us, no matter what they do with us. Every street you walk down in this country, there's a statistical probability that it's got to fucking grow on it. Or if not that one, the next one. <laughs> it's that's just the state of play. We we need the opportunity, like you say, to to all be as loud and as proud as you continue to be, despite yeah. their best efforts to silence you to to harm you by targeting you, vilifying you, criminalizing you, you know taking away at this point a good chunk of your life by continually just seeking to lock you in a box because they don't like you making a space for others to consume a plant, that's mental,
1: it really is. I don't hold no grudges, though. I really don't. I'm not that type of person. Mm. I met all the staff, staff in there were on my side. A few of them said they were watching um, YouTube videos of me and they're fully supportive of me. So that me give me a, a bit of street cred.
0: Yeah, good. It still a shame that even the people that are forced to keep you in that yeah. prison, prison recognise... That you shouldn't be in that prison. it just yeah. shows how ridiculous and arbitrary these laws are. you know, as you say thirty plus thousand people now have prescriptions. the clinics are now they've got adverts on television and on social media and on the radio and yeah. they're hyper-normalizing their shit on their side as long as you're the right kind of class and color uh, class and creed and background as long as you can afford it and as long as you, always say it's medical and you only vaporize it then you're safe and you're a good patient but if you combust your cannabis you're a bad person you're a druggie it's just, just just a more ridiculous hypocrisy yeah it's again like i say all the more reason why i think we need a space like the chilling rooms but also as i've said to you more reason i think to take stock of things right now this is literally over 20 years of them just you going i want to do this and them going fuck you and kicking you in the face and yeah let's let's have a good conversation obviously off the record i'm going to talk with you folks in the room um about uh yeah getting getting a book together and whatnot because i think that would be a a brilliant thing to to do while you're on tag and you're a bit limited for now Give you something, yeah. something to, to to focus on, and yeah. I think, like you say, it's important not just for people to understand the parts that you've played in the history and the privileges that they now enjoy, um, but also so many others, like like you say, that came from the same Nolbenschlag graduation class, as it were, and were operated in the same a- era. Um, you know, there's a, a coffee shop from London that escapes me that started in the late nineties which was one of the first first ones it was in a west indies community and i cannot pull the name out of my ass it's been a good five six years since i've wrote about it Um i can't recall it but that was technically i think that's what i refer to when i say like phase one two or three or like 1.0 2.0 whatever that was like the first thing you guys are like 1.5 because there was that smaller iteration but they were much more localized community focused rather than being kind of activist spaces and and about being loud and proud you guys were the first kind of ones to go nah fuck this and really go crazy especially like i said the worker like chris baldwin um and, and 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 winston and others like how how much media attention they garnered and initially how much support they garnered, obviously not from the police. I suppose the same is true of yourself, really. Over the past 20 years, you've been interviewed by how many different outlets, you've been supported by how many different people off the record, but the cops, when they fucking get that piece of paper, they come flying through the fucking door every time and with malice, they drag you away as if you are any danger to any fucking one.
1: Reconciliation, that was what... Yeah. That's what I'm saying now. We're here to talk. We're here to negotiate. Yeah. We're here to, um, I don't know, I've representing representing two million people type of thing and letting them be free. That's what it's all about, isn't it? These other two million smokers.
0: Let my people go grow yeah, and be,
1: yeah. Caught up in the criminal justice system. That little bit of paranoia when you're getting your flower and, you know, I mean, yeah. The legacy growers who've been supplying the flower for years, I mean, there's loads of them who need recognition, isn't it? And mm-hmm. uh, you can get a pat on the back what they've been doing, do you know?
0: 100%. It's, it's part of the reason, as I keep saying, I do this podcast, is to try and capture as many of the stories of the people that were in the place at the time so that we, we have that. This is an account to look back on in history, not that this is obviously the most academically structured or, uh, you know, sophisticated project that I'm working on here. But through these conversations, we will have a means by which to piece together, you know, who was where and what happened. I'd like to think so. The more, more people I can obviously get on, the more conversations I can have. But yeah, I agree. It's they need to sit with us as much as we need to sit with them, and they need to recognize their world is falling apart because they don't understand our plant. They don't understand it as sequestering carbon. They don't understand it as a fuel source. They don't understand it as a as a energy storage solution. They don't understand it as a textile. They just see it and go a drug. Young people go loopy, which has never been true in a small percentage of individuals cannabis can precipitate a, a psychosis like event in the vast majority of occasions a temporary psychosis type event but the same is true with anything alcohol could caffeine could a, a hard relationship breakup or emotional uh, struggle can, can do the same can cause a snap in one's uh, psychological state it's it's not fair to attach these labels to cannabis and then to shit on all of us as if we've we're ever at any risk of these things, you know?
1: Yeah, well, that's why the community being the strongest we are, that can, like, bring people in who, who haven't a little bit of, uh, you know, ups and downs in your life, I mean, like, the community can be there for people, can't they? And, like, you can have people to talk to and go through things and there'll be about maybe 150 people in the club at one time, so, like, you'll be able to, like, um, someone will listen to you won't they? and, you know, talk a bit of sense and i you know, bring things back into reality and
2: put well, yeah. you
1: know, but you're on the right path. That's what we'll we'll be there for you.
0: Yeah, man. In that old cliche, problem shared is a problem halved. Yeah, but um, in the community uh, to
1: 150.
0: Yeah, well, that's what happens in in, like I said, pubs, community centers. Think of your your work in men's clubs in all your former mining communities and you your guys in there, and often they're the only communication they have. That and shop workers.
1: Yeah, well, everybody's alienated now in their own homes, aren't they? Behind the mm-hmm. screen or, or looking at the phone all day. So we can bring people out into the real world, and you know, so yeah, new friends and in the real world and
0: like-minded people. Yeah, man. There's there's nothing better than
1: our community is the coolest people in the world. Wait till you meet them.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, and like you say, in terms of other peripheral things like tackling what is still an ongoing problem with spice not just in prison yeah. but on the outside and many of the drugs it just yeah. can't, it, it could have so many positive ripple effects upon well, the I culture
1: people, I can get people away from the harder drugs of. so like they're not mm. in our communities okay so the communities will like get rid of them before they even get into the community especially the people who are going to deal with,
0: okay I mean this there's, there's, there's always there will always be. In a well-adjusted society, there will be rampant drug use, but there won't be rampant drug abuse. That, that's the, the different thing. And like you say, it's certain individuals get in a position to be uh, middlemen for access. And that's kind of what's happened with, with cannabis, like you said. And what a decentralized model in the chilling rooms is trying to do is almost, is connect growers with consumers. It's yeah. not trying to create like a middleman that's gonna make all this fucking money and everything else. It's about empowering people if you have the skill and the talent, like you say, you can rise to to the to the top and and to supply and, and garner a good wage and be respected for your work. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it can also liberate you because it can give you your time back, can't it? So you can do like live literally live your dream if you've already made your wages before you're just for water and a few plants and then you can be mm-hmm. the creative person you are so you can follow your own path
0: 100% in that.
1: everyone's got this unique self in them, what they don't even realise because they're too, too worried about going to the 9 to 5 job so if you, you had already your bills paid and you could do something what was like community based and something what was give back and do you know, so it was all about not about me, me, me. It's more about what we do to empower everybody else. Yeah, and like the world would be a better place.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's it's pointless me having all of this fucking pizza in my mansion if I know the slums outside and people are starving. Yeah, I can't in good conscience live that way. You know what I mean? And it's I think there is something in cannabis more than most of the drugs and most of the. Uh, resources or financial resources that the more it's consumed the more empathetic it makes the populace yeah and that may jive and be juxtaposed right now with uh not jive rather and be juxtaposed with the governmental authoritarianism in the tories and the drug war as you say but most people are done with it we're just we're needing this spark this ignition point that, that that starts this chain of events to move us into um yeah that, that better future where something like the chilling rooms is not just possible but it can then flourish yeah we're,
1: we're here right now uh, stand on tall stand on tall let's
0: mm. nice nice um all right i think we've covered most of the things that i wanted to uh i'm just looking at my list and notes yeah no, that, that noise
1: in the background sorry about
0: that that's all right it's just uh my headphones are quite acutely tuned so that metallic yeah. sound was quite loud so i apologize to any listeners at home as well that have maybe got this a bit loud in their ears uh yeah let's just jump on to uh sort of last couple of quick questions then um i've already asked you that all right which is part of my last question my cliched question so what, what does the the future hold for you i know obviously i suppose for the next six months at least we know you're, you're kind of stuck on tag um but where where do you see yourself going or ideally where do you see i suppose this is more of a what's the word a theoretical hypothesis of best case scenario where are you in a year two years where where, where are you heading
1: Maybe five or six children rooms opened in different locations. And wait till the climate changes in the UK and then come back here. And when, when I open, it sets the standards really high for the industry. Mm. Because I literally want to take children rooms to every town and city. And I want people to plant my genetics and use my um, futuristic. Um, you know, model mm. what's going to connect with everybody, from like the smallest grower to the, uh, the vibrances coffee shop, and uh, it will do everything for your business. So all you've got to do literally is then uh, plug into the technology, and it's there for everybody. You know, all my ethics and my my morality. You know, my gardens, we can all like just use it. Um, mm. I can use my time where I can like show people all like the, how to grow. You all know, use my 20, 25 years of growing skills so you can be up to my standards and grow these six foot tall plants. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, it'll be life changing for lots of people because they can grow their individual strain, what they want to grow. Mm-hmm. And any extra they can bring to our community, and they'll all be like affiliated of taxpayers and whatever else it will be. But we'll bring bring the high street rounds We'll we'll bring jobs. We'll create um, health and harmony. That's what I. That's what I wanted to bring the feel awesome. good back.
0: Awesome! Awesome! Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um. I think that's a very positive and very good vision to have. And yeah, I think decentralised decriminalisation is, is, is the way to sort of achieve that. Like you say, is to create that space for everyone to, to flourish. And we only get there together or we don't get there at all. I think it's something we've very much love
1: Every single thing. So when we all get together, we are a true force. So mm-hmm. common sense prevail. And, I' um, Grow with us, work with us. Nice. And that's
0: it. Really. Excellent. Uh, where can uh, people keep up uh, with you at the minute? Do you have uh, any current social media? Because obviously I know your phone keeps getting seized and you keep getting locked out of accounts.
1: I am trying to get back into my original accounts. So hopefully in the next few weeks I'll have all them back up. Open. But in the meantime, I've got no social media as yet. Okay. So, if anyone wants me number, I mean you've got my number, so anyone can contact me if you really want me. But I'm working behind the scenes, putting things in place, and I'm gonna be going to meet some MPs and people of influence in the city and see what um what what what's the next what's their manifesto for the voting procedure for you know the cannabis vote
0: mm. Okay interesting interesting i look forward to, to hearing how that's gone and going uh yeah folks uh you can get in contact with me directly if you want to get uh, in touch with gary for now i'll probably edit this in the future in the links below in a couple of months will be gary's yeah. uh social media links so if you're watching this not within the chronology you'll uh, be able to yeah, get in touch with gary uh below um yeah awesome appreciate that. yeah the...
1: i'm i'm also i'm i'm on the i'm on the mara which is up and running now as well so you can get me through the Mara. okay
0: it's t-shirt yeah
1: mm-hmm. so that's a um, that's where we can all communicate
0: okay good to know good to know all right uh, it's been a pleasure gary thank you for your time and uh yeah take it easy brother. See, soon. You, see you right. soon, bye. peace bye well, there you go, folks. That was Gary Outz. I thought it was really good. Um, wanted to keep it short and sweet. Um, yeah, I felt a bit like I bombarded Gary. I didn't really think of this when I, I agreed to uh, to set it up, and I was like, "Oh, you're coming out on the fifth. All right, we'll get you straight in." It's been four days. Bless him, and I've just kind of gone. Here's all these things, and I think he did. He did did well there. Um, it seems like he's adjusting back to um the outside life pretty well which is good to see uh he's in he's in better better health which is good, good to see as well um i said the first prison that he was in was was a horrible situation who the fuck decided that that was a way to treat somebody under his charges was and will always be mental to me to be honest with you the whole system is fucking mental to me but how much i know of gary and how kind of long i've known gary and how long i've watched him just continue to do the same thing and just try and create a social space for people to consume cannabis and for good growers to provide good quality product to good people for good prices where everybody gets paid it's well oh, i think it's more because it's too close to socialism i think more than anything else for them they're like nah we can deal with the weed but you've got to be a capitalist about it <laughs> <laughs> oh mental fucking mental um yeah i'll include some of the many i think i don't remember about three four something like that articles that i wrote uh, about gary and the chilling rooms while he was incarcerated last year uh, so i'll include those in the links below in lieu of social media links to the chilling rooms or to gary because there aren't any uh official ones i think he was saying there he hasn't got access to them so yeah give it uh, a bit of time and i'm sure he'll have that figured out um yeah, cheers, as always, folks, for swinging by. I hope you learned something new today. I hope, if nothing else, it was just nice for you to see Gary in his kitchen again, smoking on his joint, because for me, that's that's Gary in his happy place, and it uh, reciprocally makes me happy to see him in his own space, in his own home, as any of us deserve to be. doesn't matter our, our politics, our personality, our class, any of that doesn't matter to be removed from your home your space and your ritual and the way you consume cannabis for consuming cannabis is vile it's repugnant it's repulsive to me and it will always be um a, a motivator to if nothing else at least sit here and talk to you guys and go oh, you've seen how fucked up this shit is <laughs> um yeah appreciate you taking the time folks i'm not going to waffle on much longer so yeah if you enjoyed this please do give us a like share subscribe rating thumbs up star whatever it is you do on whatever platform it is that you're enjoying this podcast of mine on and uh yeah really appreciate it if you really really enjoyed it do check us out on patreon.com uh, forward slash the simple life where for less than a cup of coffee a week you can help me keep the lights on on this little project of mine uh check out the for more articles there is a new spider blog up there check that one out and, yeah, you've been fucking awesome. Uh, We'll be back next week with, I don't know, somebody. It'll be awesome. You'll love it. Take it easy, folks. Peace and love.
2: I was doing so well, I thought I
0: was on one take. I thought I was on the one take. Could have one took. I didn't one take. I undertook. The undertucker. <laughs>
2: Oh, thanks, Brian.